And hello to you, and welcome to the Richard Nichols Podcast, the personal development podcast series that's here to help inspire, educate, and motivate you to be the best you can be. I'm psychotherapist Richard Nichols, and this is episode 201. It's titled Resolutions. And if you're ready, we'll start the show. So, it's July now. We are exactly halfway through the year to the day. How are your New Year's resolutions going? I thought I'd bring it up today because enough time has gone by for any resolutions you might have made in January to have fallen by the wayside completely. And if those things were important to you back then, then it's maybe a good time to revisit them now. If the exercise bike you bought at Christmas has now turned into a clothes rail, or the list of books you said you were going to read has turned into cat videos on YouTube instead, then I'm here to remind you of what you said you wanted only six months ago. So here are a few tips at getting yourself back in the game. Firstly, we need to look at what we're actually dealing with here. Because resolutions tend to fall into one of three different categories. We have result resolutions, habit resolutions, and holistic resolutions. So, result resolutions are when you're trying to reach a specific goal. Lose half a stone, drop a dress size, run 5k without collapsing, that sort of thing. It's something that's obvious when it's been completed and obvious when it's not. These have actually been shown to be the easiest to stick to because you can see progress along the way. You can see the effect of the work you put in, which is quite motivating and helps to keep you going to achieve more. Habit resolutions, on the other hand, never really seem to have a specific goal. It doesn't come to an end. The satisfaction is in the action itself, like reading or meditation, or playing the clarinet. And because these don't really have any significant steps along the way that show you any progress, these sorts of habits are harder to stick to. The good news, though, is that even though it might be harder to keep these habits going, once they've got going for a while, they kind of run themselves and don't need as much effort further down the line. It's a bit like learning to drive. When you first get into a car, it can be quite baffling, All these sticks and switches and pedals and the order in which you've got to do things to be safe on the road, it seems really complicated. If you drive, think about it. You get in your car, seatbelt on, check your visor to see if you need to adjust it, wobble the gear stick to make sure it's not in gear, key in the ignition, start it up, clutch, first gear, check your mirrors, indicate, find the biting point, off with the handbrake, accelerator down, clutch up, and it's time to change gear again. Oh, God. It's really complicated when you think about it. I remember teaching my son how to tie his shoelaces. And it wasn't until then when we're going through what to do, just, just it, it, you didn't realise just how complicated it actually is. If you write down the instructions on what to do with shoelaces, it might as well be the instructions on how to complete a Rubik's Cube. It's crazy. But if you do it again and again and again, it soon becomes second nature. And Habits are like that. If you play the clarinet every Monday, Wednesday and Friday straight after work for 30 minutes, then given time, it just happens. You just do it. It takes far less effort and no stress at all to have it integrated into your life. The third one, 
Holistic resolutions are usually the first sort of resolution to get lost. Holistic resolutions are very broad, vague a concept, like be more social or save money. They sound great, but they're too vague. If something can't be defined, then it can't be measured and probably can't be achieved either. So we need to be specific. And that's my first tip. If you have a holistic resolution, find the steps that make it happen. Be more social can then become catch up with a friend once a week or join an amateur dramatic society. I'd recommend that one. That's always a laugh and properly stretches your comfort zone. Save money isn't specific enough. But transfer 150 quid to savings account every payday is. Or get £10 cash back every time you go to the supermarket and put it in an envelope for Christmas. By turning a holistic resolution into a habit resolution or a result resolution, you can see that you're doing it. It's measurable, noticeable and really useful. There was some research done at the University of Liverpool a couple of years ago by Dr Joanne Dixon. Hello Joanne if you're listening. She got a load of people to simply make a list of goals that they would like to achieve. Half of the participants had depression and the other half had never had mental health issues. All the goals got ranked for their specificity. Is that the right word? Specificity? How specific they were. You know, things like improve my five mile marathon training time this summer at the top. And then at the bottom, there'd be things just random like be healthier. What they found is that whilst both groups generated the same number of goals, the people with depression listed goals which were way more general and abstract and were far more likely to give non-specific reasons for achieving their goals. So having very broad, vague goals may actually help to maintain depression, maybe even make it worse. Goals that aren't specific are harder to visualise because they lack any actual focus. And what this would do is create a reduced expectation and motivation, making it more and more difficult to achieve goals. And we know that depression is associated with negative thoughts and a tendency to overgeneralise in relation to how people think about themselves and their past memories. What this study shows is that this trait also covers personal goals. And because of that, it's been suggested that people with depression make some specific goals to help them. And in my experience, that really does seem to help. Next is what we sometimes call the fresh start effect, because the reason why people make New Year's resolutions on the 1st of January is because it's a starting line, a fresh start. It kind of gives you permission to start acting in a different way. But we don't need a new year to do that. And I say that every January, pretty much, whenever I bring up New Year's resolutions on this podcast series. And we know all this. We do this, actually. We, we do this, this thing about crossing lines and boundaries and moving on. If you Google searches for the word diet go up every single Monday. Every Monday, there's a spike in the Google trends for the word diet but they also go up at the beginning of every month as well. And that's the same for actual in-person visits to the gym too. The beginning of the week and the month gets more visits into the gym, especially September. Seems to be in line with what previous researchers have, have discovered, that when kids go back to school, we sort of see that as a line in the sun to go, right, getting back on with my life now. In fact, the researchers at Harvard Business School that studied this found that these things peaked immediately after any holiday, whether it was 
the kids going back after summer, or it was Christmas or even Easter, we do see these things as a fresh start. So I know it sounds a bit cliche to restart your healthy eating on a Monday, but it might help you, especially if it's every Monday. Like I say so often, anything is better than nothing. But be modest. It's not always important to go crazy and try and reinvent yourself overnight. You can probably kid other people doing that, but you ain't going to kid yourself. So it just feels unrealistic. I've said it before, probably every new year, break your big goals down into small goals so that drop two dress sizes can become lose an inch off your waist. Bench press 200 kilos becomes bench press five kilos more. I know it's hard to be patient if the end result means a lot to you, but patience is really important because these smaller goals, they're more realistic, so they feel reachable, attainable. Doing these things in realistic increments, even if it is simply clearing out your garage, makes it feel way less overwhelming. So don't expect immediate perfection. Part of any change does involve some sort of relapse, actually, of of behaviour. That's normal. If you want to become vegetarian for a year to see how much better you might feel, don't be surprised if you have a BLT every now and again at first. No one dies because of it. Well, the pig did, but apart from the pig, which one bacon, lettuce and tomato sandwich less isn't going to save. It's not doing any harm. But when we relapse, if we beat ourselves up and call ourselves a failure, then that is going to harm and turns what is just actually a a part of the process into a setback. One thing to add here is that the best sorts of resolutions that stick are the ones that serve your emotional health as well as everything else. So if you've got a very vague goal to simply be a happier you, then incorporating all the stuff that I've written about in my book and spoken about on these episodes for over a decade now, incorporating those into your life into a specific way that not only gets the stuff that you want to see done, done, but also makes you feel good as well, is important. If there are things that go on in your life that you know make you unhappy, then examine what you can do to improve that. Do you need to learn to say no more often? Self-care is a great thing to practice and you're not obliged to say yes to every favour asked of you or every event that you're invited to, especially lately. If you feel uncomfortable about what's being asked of you, if you feel angry or stressed or anxious, Chances are it means it's some sort of imposition on you, something you don't want to do. Be okay with learning how to say no, so that you're actually saying yes to something better, even if it just means that you're saying yes to an early night. The owner of my uh, Hinkley clinic said to me once, because he's a mate, this was uh, pre-COVID, I've been working there since, when did I start there? 2006. Been there years. He said, uh, I'll, I'll bless him. Actually, Pete, you probably do listen to this podcast. I'm going to impersonate you now. I do apologise. Uh, Richard, uh, what are you uh, What are you doing after your last patient of the day? I see you're, you're, uh, you're finishing up 5.30. Do you, uh, you fancy a quick pint? And I, and I did. There's a little real ale bar about two minutes walk away. And it'd be really nice to have a quick drink and a catch up with him before going home. But also... On this particular day, I was quite looking forward to seeing my son. He's a typical teenager and spends so much time in his bedroom that I hardly see him anymore. So if there's something going on in our life that we can share, like a TV programme that we both like, I value that extra hour that I might get with him. Because even though we're hardly talking, we're still connected. And I knew that even though he usually does 
on a Thursday, this one particular Thursday, he wasn't going swimming with his mate at six o'clock like normal. So I knew that I'd be able to get an extra hour with him watching Daredevil Series 3 on Netflix. And it felt quite good to be able to say to my mate, not tonight, Pete. I want to see my son. I'll have a look through my diary and see what night next week I might be able to catch up though, if you like. And he looked a bit sad and told me he was going away that next week with his family and he wouldn't get a chance to see me for ages. And I thought, I'm not changing my mind here, mate, so you can take that look off your face. Bless him. Hello, Peter. Because his happiness is not my responsibility. And I think we all need to bear that in mind. No one's happiness is anybody else's responsibility. No one's happiness is mine, not even yours, dear podcast listener. Not even my face-to-face clients. Even they... It's not my responsibility to make sure that they are always happy. I can be there for people. I can be there for you as listeners to the podcast. And I can help and I can coax and I can listen to people when they've got problems to to, want to talk about. As a therapist, that's what I do. And I have to still recognise I'm not responsible. I can't be. If I was, I'd go crazy. And I've met therapists who do burn out because of that sometimes, with very few exceptions. Children, really, and even then there's only so much you can do. You are not responsible for anybody else's happiness but your own. It's definitely worth accepting that. And if you can't change your shoulds into likes, then it's definitely worth asking some questions. What I mean by that is, can you turn I should phone my brother into I'd like to phone my brother? Can I should become vegetarian become I'd like to be vegetarian? That sort of thing. Anyway, That's another new month then, and another opportunity to draw a line in the sand and start afresh if you want to. Let's all go out there and make our month amazing, but don't worry if halfway through it you find you haven't. There's another month next month, and a new Monday every week where you can have another stab at it. So let's leave it there until next time, pod fans. I'll speak to you soon. Ta-ra! Ta-ra!